This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. People that are still enslaved, as well as many who are now set free, are aware of William Branham's story of the man in Windsor, Canada. Branham gave a story to instill fear into the hearts of any who would question his powers, saying that a man in Windsor tested him and was smote paralyzed while he ran screaming, while he died six weeks later, while he died six months later, while he was still suffering to cancer to this day. This ever-changing, choose-your-own-adventure story. But there is another story that William Branham used to instill fear into the hearts of men about a military man who was trained by the army in hypnotism. This man, according to William Branham, followed him around all through his ministry, from town to town to town, trying to make the great and mighty Reverend Branham bark like a dog. (laughs) It's interesting, because this man followed William Branham from town to town, and Yet, his first attempt at bringing the inner ravenous dog had rendered him paralyzed. So for each upcoming event for the show, there must have been others helping this paralyzed man to work his magic on the minister on the platform. The first time that William Branham mentions this strange sideshow was in 1951 in a sermon entitled, The Angel of the Lord. He said, someone said, Brother Branham, aren't you afraid to make such statements as that? I said, no, sir. I've stood before tens of thousands, critics, sitting everywhere. He said, I've seen a time but what God brought the deliverance. I've seen the critics come. A hypnotizer once was going to come to hypnotize. Yeah, what the? And the man's paralyzed yet tonight. That's right, said You child of the devil, why do you deceive God? Boo! (laughs) 1951, the angel of the Lord. His use of the word critics is key. Over time, you watch the story change. The traveling hypnotist has less focus, and the critics have greater focus. 
like this time that he retells the story in 1956, at the Cato Tabernacle in his joint campaign hand-in-hand with the late Reverend Jim Jones. Jones, who killed his entire congregation in South South America. Branham says this with Jim Jones. If there's a critic here, hear me now. This is law. (laughs) If there's a critic here, I wouldn't stay any longer because I'm not responsible for what happens to critics. There's many of them in the insane institution, some of them paralyzed and everything else. So I'm not responsible for critics. You just understand what that man common was going to hypnotize me, setting out in a meeting. They hired him. He came there to hypnotize me, a bunch of guys, and he was sitting there. I kept feeling a funny spirit, looked out and seen where he was at. And the Holy Spirit said, you child of the devil, because you've done that, they'll pack you out of here. Boo! (laughs) And he's paralyzed two years now. So we're not playing church, friends. 1956, Jehovah Jireh, Indianapolis, Illinois, with Jim Jones. (laughs) It's a shame, really, if those poor people in Jones' congregation only knew that this paralyzed man traveled from town to town with William Branham getting paralyzed, and that he was already paralyzed three years prior to when Branham claimed he was paralyzed, those people may have got up and left the meeting and never came back. Think of it. If they knew that Branham could have saved their lives by showing his lies. It's a paradox. If you follow the trail of this traveling sideshow, you'll find that this paralyzed guy was well-traveled. In 1953, he shows his face again in Madison Square Garden. Branham says this, 1953, God commissioning Moses. He said, they're in Madison Square Garden. Where we were sitting there, they had hired one of these guys to come and hypnotize me. <clears throat> them guys that makes goes to these army camps and makes them boys bark like a dog. You know how it is. <clears throat> Some bunch of unbelievers, here it is, come and hired that man to hypnotize me on the platform. And there I was speaking. I kept feeling a strange spirit somewhere. I looked out and it was sitting there. I thought, Lord, what can I do? I just kept on speaking. I think it's in my book. Kept on speaking, watching. I watched the spirit see what it would say to do. I watched it hung over and I seen this dark thing move over him. I turned around and said, why do you come to deceive like you have? I said, because you have done that. God will rebuke you. And the man's paralyzed today. They took him from the building. In 1956, this man was really adventurous. Even through the perilous dangers of undeveloped Africa, this military hypnotist braved the elements so that he could stand again, fall paralyzed again, and then be carried out on a stretcher after witnessing Branham's great power. 1956. William Branham says this in in the inner veil. He says, I've had it in Africa. There they was standing there, witch doctor standing the challenge. Don't you ever make a statement there unless you know what you're talking about. Drink blood out of a human skull and cut themselves and things. 
and stand there and challenge and speak the name of the Lord Jesus and see them fall prostrate on the ground. That's right. See them go in, standing, trying to hypnotize me. And when over there, he was going to make me bark like a dog. And standing there, trying to do something like that, I felt this strange spirit. While that anointing was on, I looked around. I said, you child of the devil, why do you do that? I said, cursed be you. You'll not move from the seat in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Boo! <laughs> and he fell paralyzed, sitting there in his seat, and they packed him out. That trip evidently took some wind out of the sails. Because Branham continued to tell his story for quite some time before the military hypnotist had the energy <laughs> and the movement to travel. But a few years later... The sideshow was ready again, and he packed his bags to travel to Canada. 1959, a time of decision. William Branham says this, That fellow, that time they hired to come up and hypnotize me, sitting out in the line like that. They had them in the army camps to hypnotize those soldiers, make them bark like dogs and act. <clears throat> How they would do under hypnotism. And this fellow come up, the devil sent him around. And he said he was going to hypnotize me at the platform. You remember when it happened in Montreal. And when he did that, I felt the evil spirit. And I turned around and I said, why has the devil put that in your heart? He looked at me real funny. And he ducked his head down. I said, you try to hypnotize a servant of the Lord. He thought it was telepathy. I said, because you've done this, God will judge you for that. Boo! And I said, see you unto it. And they packed him out there paralyzed, and he's paralyzed today. 1959, a time of decision. Again, it was a tough time for the hypnotist. His act in Montreal was so draining of energy that it was a couple of years before he was ever able to do another sideshow. But when William Branham decided to return to his hero's followers, those enslaved by the cult leader John Alexander Dowie in Zion, Illinois, the hypnotist, hypnotist could lay paralyzed no longer. It was time for him to go and show those other cult drones the power of a real wizard. So he packed his bags and he headed for Zion. 1962, William Branham says this, I know a man tonight sitting paralyzed, been that way for several years. When I was up there at Zion City, that man sitting back there trying to hypnotize me before those people. And I just kept trying to run a little prayer line, and he kept sitting there. He'd go to the army camps, you know. He'd make the boys hypnotize them, make them bark like dogs, you know, and act like that. I kept feeling this funny spirit, and they'd had to come in there, a familiar church. 1962, I have not sent thee. Again, this was very painful, having to fall paralyzed once more. It shut the, the traveling sideshow act down for a couple of years. But when Branham decided to return to Windsor, Canada, this man knew that he would have to rise and fall once more. He couldn't let the other critic, the other man who fell paralyzed by faking his prayer card, perform a better stage act than his. I mean, really? Who can beat an act where William Branham barks like a dog? <laughs> so he packed his bags, and he rose again, and he headed for Windsor. 1964, 
William Branham says this. A man stood one time trying to hypnotize me there in Canada. What's that across from Detroit? What is that city up there? In parentheses, in brackets, the editor says, someone says Edmonton. And William Branham says, no, across from the Detroit. And then in brackets again, someone says, Windsor. And William Branham says, Windsor, yeah, he came over there. They, they hired him to come hypnotize people for the army. You know, make them bark like dogs and act like that. And that guy sitting there, I kept feeling this odd spirit and I noticed it. And the Holy Spirit said, call him. And I said, son of the devil, why did he put that in your heart to come here? Because you've done that, they'll pack you out of here. Boo! And he's still paralyzed. That's been about 12 years ago. They packed him out. Yeah. Windsor was fairly easy for the sideshow. And though he was paralyzed, he decided to stick around for a while. Branham was having another meeting in Toronto, not far from where he performed the previous act, so the military hypnotist would stick around for yet one more final performance. And this would be the greatest act ever. He would show the ultimate power of William Branham. This time, rather than perform his act up next to the stage, the sideshow hypnotist would arrange to stick right down there in his seat. At the point of the wizard's finger, there would be great special effects, a dark shadow hovering over the man, and the wizard searching, trying to find who is behind this dark shadow. Like gazing into a crystal ball, the wizard would peer through the shadows at his great nemesis, the sideshow hypnotist freak of nature, the man who could fall paralyzed hundreds of times but had the power to rise up again. Toronto would be his greatest final act. 1964, William Branham says this, Remember, not long here, in Toronto. We were standing there preaching, praying for the sick. I kept feeling an odd spirit. It was sitting over there to my left. I kept watching it. There was a man sitting over there. A bunch had hired him to come in there and hypnotize me. He would go around to army camps and make the soldiers get on their hands and bark like dogs and things. Hypnotism. I felt that evil spirit. I didn't know where it was coming from. I kept watching. I seen that dark shadow. I waited for a few minutes and I said, You child of Satan! Why has the devil blinded your mind to do something like that? Because you've come to take over God, to challenge God's spirit. They'll pack you out of here. He's paralyzed right there in the seat, and he's still paralyzed. Boo! 1964, March 21st, The Voice of the Sign. <clears throat> William Branham enjoyed, in his ministry, using the word type. Any event that had any sort of similarity to another event would be called a type. Fictional stories would become types. And Bible stories would type his own ministry. And scriptures would type other unrelated scriptures in the web of deceit that William Branham wove through his ministry. In William Branham's mind, this hypnotist would be a type of what the cult of William Branham would soon become. In a book entitled Propaganda, 
published in 1928, written by Edward Bernays, the nephew of the great Sigmund Freud, the entire schematics of William Branham's ministry is laid out from start to finish. Propaganda, the book, describes how to achieve mass psychology. You do not tell people what you want them to believe. You sway their opinion to come to that conclusion on their own. In other words, you do not tell them that you claim to be a prophet. You let them decide that on their own. <clears throat> Propaganda describes how you give the target audience some sort of media that they can take home with them and study themselves alone and without you being present. Books and magazines and newspapers, anything that the reader can hold in their hands, get alone with, and casually be persuaded. And that list did not include magnetic tape because at the time it was written, magnetic tape was not yet invented. Oddly enough, it was invented in the same year that the book was actually published. William Branham uses the word psychology over 400 times on recorded sermon, magnetic tape. Almost every instance of this word is to defend himself against the thought of using hypnotism to heal patients. And many times he would come right out and say, this healing is not hypnotism. But while he defended the single instances of those who handed in their prayer cards for him to magically guess their names and address that's written on the back and tried to claim that his healing power were not psychology, the overall sway of public opinion from humble preacher to great and powerful prophet was already taking place in their minds. Like the type of the traveling hypnotist, William Branham traveled from town to town to town letting the tapes, passing them out, and letting people take them into their homes to get along with the subject matter and come to the conclusion that he was the great and powerful Oz. Like the hypnotist who would rise once more to be paralyzed in yet another city, the people would have realized what was going on if they didn't go back and get another tape. But each time they received another recording on the stage of Acts, they would become paralyzed spiritually. There's another type that applies to this situation, and it's found in scriptures. Mark chapter 2 tells a story of how a man came to Jesus filled with sin. But rather than strike him down for his sins, Jesus performed the exact opposite from William Branham's traveling sideshow. Why? because Jesus did not have a traveling sideshow. Jesus came to save the world from sin, not to place more sin on their shoulders and strike sinners down paralyzed. Jesus heals a paralytic. In the book of Mark, chapter 2, it says this, When he returned from Capernaum, or Capernaum as William Branham called it, after some days it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. And when he was preaching the word to them, and they come bringing a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof off of him. 
And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And Jesus saw their faith. And he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now the scribes and the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Listen to this part. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, he said to them, Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier, say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or say, Rise up in your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. We have the paralytic, we have the unbelievers, and we have Jesus forgiving the sins and showing them that he was God. This passage of Scripture is wonderful. We are all sinners, saved by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. No man's sin is greater than another. And no man can point to another man's sin without taking first the huge block of wood out of his own eye, as Jesus said in the parable. If you are interested in Christianity and you had never heard about Jesus Christ, if you've never heard about Christ before in your life, which would you rather hear? Would you rather hear the story of the great wizard who struck the people down? Or would you rather hear the great son of God who lifted the people back up? Maybe you're in a third world country. Maybe you're living in a land with vast, unreached territory that's primarily filled with idol worship. Would you turn from your idols that you are told will bring you healing to follow a minister who goes from town to town striking people to the floor paralyzed? Is that the God that you want to serve? Or would you rather hear the story of Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who came to the world with the sole purpose of lifting you back up. Wouldn't you rather hear how Jesus Christ will save you from your sin instead of striking you down for it? How he suffered on the cross for your sin, paying the penalty so that you and so that I don't have to. Would you turn from your idols and turn to the God of William Branham? Or would you turn from your idols to the God of the Bible who loves you enough to send his only son to die for your sins? Friends, I've made my choice which God I will serve. The question for you today is, which God will you serve? 